Now Lonnie Finley's his name Vince Eustace is his This is hip-hop And movie news And And that's that's the the way it is All right, episode two This is the podcast bringing you everything from Tinseltown to the Boogie Down The home of the real hip-hop spelled R-E-E-L Because I don't know how to spell this is Hip Hop and Movie News, the podcast. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley, and I think you spelled that properly. All right, cool. I, I was told that it was incorrect when I, I used know. to spell it in grade school, but if you say it's bad right, teachers, man, it's exactly, bad educators. Public right schools. Uh, we are very fortunate that today we have uh, not only the producer, but the creator and and the, the genius behind Hip Hop and Movie News, both the YouTube series and the podcast. Patrick Pierre is here via FaceTime. He is the producer, and he will pipe in from time to time when he thinks that we need to shut up or if he has something to add. But we like to welcome him. He wasn't here last week. He unfortunately could not be with us, but I feel that him being here is going to make things run a lot smoother. The man cupped him down, man. Exactly. So we have to be on our best behavior. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everyone? All right. uh, So... Uh, getting into, I guess, the hip-hop portion of the news. Eminem. Oh, oh my God! That, that's Eminem's music! That's Eminem's music! That's Eminem's music! That's Eminem's music! Oh, my God! He's here! He's here live on SmackDown! He's here live! I can't believe it! Oh, everyone's Excuse going me. nuts! Oh, my God! Shirts are flying all over the place! Kids are crying! You better lose yourself in this music! So, uh, it has been uh, reported that Eminem has signed a deal with the WWE. And you and I are both very excited about Mm -hmm. that as both Eminem fans and WWE fans. Uh, Apparently, he has signed a deal to contribute to the soundtrack for WWE's upcoming WWE 2K20 video game. This is according to Fightful. He's also supposed to be appearing on an episode of SmackDown Live later in the year. Now, what they're predicting is that he won't be making his appearance on the show until about October. That's around the time the video game sort of makes his appearance. It's also around the time that SmackDown Live is going to be moving to Fox. It's going to be a very big move for them, so they figured they'll be tying everything together at that point. Very excited. However, Eminem's uh, spokesperson is trying to say this isn't a deal, saying that there were sort of brief conversations about it, but it hasn't really gone beyond discussions and any report about it is false, which I thought was kind of a buzzkill. However, the guy who originally reported it, Sean Ross Sapp, said that no, they're just unhappy that the news leaked, but trust me on this, it's happening. Yeah, that all sounds right. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You leak some story, they say this didn't happen, then you come out and they say it did happen, then it happens. And we're like, this is what always happens. We get it. Uh, I do like the idea. I mean, I, here's why I feel like this is going to happen. So as the uh, SmackDown is coming to Fox, I've been hearing rumors that SmackDown might be moving away from the PG era that they've lived in for a long time mm-hmm. and moving to a more like gritty, edgier show having one show on uh, one show raw, which is going to be still in that PG era and another show that's kind of going to be a different, more uh, not say up tempo, but just like a more aggressive show 
kind of harping back to some of the old Attitude Era days. And the thing about that is Eminem is one of the perfect people to bring in there because he just, you know, he says things you're like, well, Eminem might say something. Well, now it makes sense if you're trying to go to a more aggressive show to have somebody like Eminem who might say something. You're like, normally that'd be inappropriate. Right now, it, it makes perfect sense. So for me, this is this is great. I love the idea of Eminem kind of joining forces with this because it brings that younger fan audience, puts his, his music in something where it's going to be there forever. Not to say it's not everywhere for it anyway. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan and supporter of this. I, I, I mean, I just can't wait till it happens. I know it's going to happen and Eminem is probably going to deny right until the day he goes and, goes and does it. Yeah, sure, this is, a, a, as a business decision, this is fantastic on both ends. It yeah. helps both brands, both the Eminem brand and the WWE brand. Uh, I always felt that Eminem, especially when he first came out, like 99, 2000, would have been a perfect fit for the Attitude Era in terms of like coming on and like doing either a rap show or interacting with some of the wrestlers. Because they had like Kid Rock back in the day. They've had like some other people. They had MGK recently. He got powerbombed through a table by mm-hmm. Kevin Owens. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that made me wonder, and I know we kind of speculated this like off air. Uh, is there a potential Eminem v MGK match in the future? Is that something if that's they could, crazy? If they could squash their real beef... And work together for like at least either working in the corner of someone like maybe Eminem would be with like Kevin Owens and and MGK would be with Daniel Bryan or something. And then they have like some fisticuffs. That would be incredible. Yeah. And, or like you said, because we're kind of conspiracy theorists at times, if the whole thing was a swerve, if their entire beef was manufactured and it somehow like ended up because in terms of hip hop, people think, oh, It'd be great if they worked on a song together. No, I want WrestleMania. I want yeah. Eminem versus MGK. I want to fight. Yeah, I, I might even take a battle rap. You know what I mean? Like a fight in that way. Maybe yes. you know, they go back to back, bars to bars. These are all speculative things, guys. This is not necessarily going to happen. We've now branched off into like our fantasy yep. world. So, Well, Hip Hop yeah. and Movie News, we want to start breaking news stories. So you heard it here f- first. Yeah, you heard Eminem it here first. Eminem and MGK yeah. are fighting at... WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but when uh, when Eminem was set on his, I think it's, I think it's the Slim Shady LP, where he was like, uh, "I take your ass to Jerry Springer and beat your ass legally." Yes. So that so that kind of like uh, it brings to mind where you know he might be a mastermind. You know, anybody he has issues with in real life, he could just take him to WWE and beat the ass legally. So I thought about <laughs> that little line. You know, when, uh, when I saw that story. Just, yeah, shoot. Just, just shoot on him. Right. And the thing is, like, you can. You're like, look, I can't fight you in physical public without this being some kind of issue with the judge. But if we can go and do this in the ring, and yeah, that can actually happen. You know, that's not a bad idea. He may have always, this might just be a whole long, slow play set up just for him to debut in WWE as a mid-card wrestler. I feel like most rap beefs should be settled at WrestleMania or SummerSlam or some big thing. Especially if it's not like too much like reality behind it. Like if you're trying to go and shoot someone, that's on you. But if you're not doing that and you're a little more on like the the, the PC level of things. Like Meek and Drake. Be, yeah, Meek and Drake. And maybe this is like, you know, uh, maybe this is the platform to do that at. But if you're trying to go and kill somebody or whatever, you know, and being that aggressive, then I don't think WWE is for you. You know, I'm not sure where you should go. Maybe UFC or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're we're definitely looking forward to that. Uh, so next up, speaking of people who have issues with other people, yeah, it's beef that probably should not be played out at WrestleMania. Uh, Kodak Black 
is uh, making some pretty outrageous claims about uh, an interaction he had with Onyx member Sticky Fingers. Um, he said that on one of his Instagram videos, somehow Sticky ended up on one of Kodak's tour buses and they were hanging out. Um, Kodak says that he didn't like Sticky's old head energy. Uh, he doesn't like old people like that. He said he's a 90s baby. He doesn't have any respect for any of us. Uh, he said that, I guess, he punched Sticky Fingers. I don't know what happened first, but apparently there was a punch, and then Sticky had a gun at some point, and then Kodak took the gun. And this is all according to Kodak Black. Kodak, according to Kodak, Kodak then took Sticky's gun, tried to shoot Sticky with his own gun, Found out it was fake. Maybe that's when he allegedly punched him. But he, he's going around, making the round saying that he he snuffed Sticky Fingers and ha he had a fake gun and has been trying to clown him. Uh, I don't even know where to start unpacking this. So why don't well, um, I'll hand it over to you? Well, here's the deal with this. I almost hate having to waste airtime talking about Kodak Black. But I have explained to you that I think he is hilarious in all the wrong ways, not how he is intending. To me, it's like, you can kind of harken back to wrestling a little bit. He's like a creator rapper where, like, you to get a blank slate image and then you, like, change his height and you add tattoos and you add a grill and you give him lyrics. And, like, so I'm not sure what's real or what's fake with him. Sometimes I'm like, you're hilarious in what you're trying to do and his persona you're trying to set up because it doesn't seem believable to anybody. But... You probably drink and do enough things that are not necessarily good for you that maybe this is where your head is currently at. But what are you doing right now? And I'm thinking maybe he's trying to like build up this legacy and this persona because, like I said, he off air, like maybe he's trying to have an epic crash, like an epic fail where, like, oh, remember that dude who came out and had a couple songs and blah, 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 and then like tried to assassinate the president? That's Kodak Black. Like he's he he may never do any of that stuff, but he may also lie about it. And then you're like, what do we even care? Like, am I going to challenge this? What does Sticky Fingers come out? Did he say anything? He hasn't said anything. Because he probably won't because he's like, he's you're not, ridiculous. He's not going to entertain any of this. I was never on your tour bus. I don't even know who you are. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm not sure what to believe in him. And I don't want to give him too much credit or give too much effort to his story because I think this is what he wants to have happen. Yeah. So I, I for one, and of course I'm biased, don't want to believe the story. Uh, but also, it just... I don't know. Patrick, I mean, do you have a say on any of this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> My question is, when did Kodak Black become Jason Bourne? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's, that's my question. He, uh, yeah, he's just punching people and taking guns away. And, oh, here's something Jason Bourne never did that apparently Kodak Black is doing, is try to sexually harass a lesbian rapper because that's what he's doing with Young M.A. right now. He is, in, in his raps, he's been saying that he, like, he wants to get with her. And then Young M.A. has been saying, like, no, like, I'm clearly not interested. And Young M.A., who also has a rape case pending right now. So his, his brand is that he doesn't really know what no means. So he, he's pursuing this. I don't remember Jason Bourne ever really doing stuff like this. So maybe that's the one difference between... Kodak yeah. and and Jason. This is the thing. It's like, I mean, he's like, it is, look, I mean, he started this off by being like, I don't like, like, old heads and old rappers and that whole thing and I'm a 90s baby and all that stuff like that. Like, 
you're just coming out with so much shade and you're throwing it and it's like it's kind of unnecessary and you're doing that because that's a part of your persona and it's just with so much disrespect and so i mean i can obviously probably look back and find rappers from our era you know old heads who are like who came out so aggressively towards someone and made some claims and did all this stuff to try and boost themselves up but the thing is like he does it and it's just such an obnoxious way about it where you're like does anyone really care about this but then I know he is, he has an audience of people who are around the same age group, those just younger audience of hip hop listeners who are like, they love this. Maybe they're eating this thing up, being like, this is amazing. I love it. You know, no one can touch Kodak. Like they they find him to be someone who is like, you know, a threat. Like he could actually yeah. do some of this stuff. And I'm like, have you seen this person? Have you heard him talk? None of this seems, this is all ridiculous to me. Like to me, it seems like a joke that someone's being played out that keeps going and no one turns the TV off. I'm not sure what this means. I saw someone on Twitter wrote this and it made me laugh said that Kodak talks and raps like he swallowed a jean jacket, uh, which <laughs> is oddly very accurate. Uh, I can't even describe it. But uh, but to your point, what you were saying about maybe there were times like when we were growing up, like the rappers that we liked were maybe disrespectful. I looked into that and maybe there are cases, but everything I've seen has been the opposite. And I feel like this is more of a new trend where like the new rappers, because that's what Kodak's doing. Kodak is pandering to his fan base. Like his fan base is eating this up. They love this. But I feel like back in the day, like Wu-Tang came out. They weren't like shitting on Curtis Blow or anything like that. Eminem, who may be the most disrespectful rapper of all time, like always was like paying homage to those before him. And I feel like everyone just kind of, paid respect and it's been trending not it's not just a kodak thing it's like a bunch of other people it's very much like i guess so we the older group have lumped them in as mumble rappers and they have responded by referring to the older people as rapidy rap like oh if they're just like on that lyrical miracle rapidy rap type thing and they say that as a sort of diss towards us I'm dissing you because you're clearer and you have lyrics that are about something and I can understand them. And also you have great beats. And meanwhile, you can't understand anything I'm saying. Like this is a, this is a very weak diss to have towards someone. Like to say that you, like you have, you have great lyrical ability. Like that, that you, you suck based upon. How does that make Like I remember Tory Lanez when he was beefing with, uh, not beefing, but he was kind of going back and forth with uh, Royce for a second. Like he was, he called him like a rapidly rap dude. And it's like, what? One, how how are you going to try and come at Royce on, on a lyrical level? But two, like, how are you going to disrespect him by saying in a roundabout way, oh, you're a lyrical guy? But this is the thing that, that I'm bringing up about this. And, and this will probably be a discussion that we have multiple times throughout this show. Oh, yeah, it's going to be reoccurring. Is that, theme. like, I, what I, so I had a friend in the, you know, I work with this guy and he's listening to, like, 21 Savage and he's talking about how he likes this and he, he enjoys this. And I'm like, we cannot forget about their audience and what their audience likes. And if their audience who say they love hip hop and rap because we haven't yet had such a determining difference between the two, like if we could have everything made before a certain year called something else and everything else called not rap, new stuff, uh, beat music, whatever it is, um, there's the audience who, who likes Kodak Black. They're they're eating this up. They're going to believe it. They're, this is what they want. They might also not like the rapidly rap stuff too. Some people I've heard they'd be like, "Oh, it's too many lyrics. Too much going on there." Because they're also into the dance culture and everything about the mm-hmm. beats and the music and things like that. Now where the beat is just an accompaniment, you can put whatever beat in the person's lyrics or what you're listening to. Now it's like, "Yo, that's a dope beat." Oh, he's talking. You know, 
So, I don't know. What you think, man? You know what? I, I, thought, I thought about something, right? I'm uh, old enough to remember when, uh, you know, like the 90s hip-hop, where the 90s uh, hip-hop used to make fun of the, like, the 80s hip-hop, and then, like, and now, like, the new generation is making fun of the 90s hip-hop. So I wonder if there's going to be a time in the future where the hip-hop right now is basically the new generation in the future is going to make fun of, of the hip-hop right now. So I don't know, it's kind of like it's tough because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, like uh, hip-hop is like uh, is always evolving. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, like if, if, you know, if the people that's hating on the hip-hop now you know what I'm saying, it's wrong as, you know, the 90s hip-hop was hating on 80s hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to play, like, that was the advocate yeah. a little bit. Because, yeah. uh, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, let's be honest. Like, the youth owns hip-hop. Yep. I mean, they, they always have. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's tough. I don't know. It's just, I, I just I think about stuff like that. So I would like to make three points. Uh, one, thank you, Patrick, for undercutting my statement earlier and saying that 90s rappers never made fun of 80s rappers. So I look foolish. Pre- appreciate you putting me in check like that. Uh, second, uh, well, I'm serious. That, that, that is good. Uh, second, uh, I, I do feel that in the future, uh, the like in, in 15 years or even maybe five years, uh, whoever is hot in terms of rap is going to be ragging on these dudes right now. And I can almost guarantee that I'll be standing up for the dudes that I'm not standing up for now. I'll be like, oh, at least 21 Savage was about this or doing this. Because I'm sure it'll be at some point where I'll be so far removed from it that I'll actually appreciate this more than whatever the new stuff is. Uh, Also, the third point is in terms of you saying that youth run like hip hop, uh, I, I will say in my mind, without question, even though I don't care for a lot of newer hip hop, it is definitively hip hop. Like, because you're right, youth dictates what hip hop is. And even though the stuff that we like is also still hip hop, the the Twenty One Savages, the, the Kodak Blacks, the the Lil Pumps, like they're hot right now. So they're they're what the culture is right now. Yeah, I mean, and like you know, it's the determining factor is record sales and promotions and you know shows and all that and music videos and that's what it is you know when someone says to me now they're like i like hip-hop i have no idea what they're talking about i really don't i'm like what is it what genre where are we even like it's such a wide-ranging spectrum which is great it means hip-hop has like it means two things one it means hip-hop has such a wide reach from where it started at to where it's at now it also means so much appropriation of hip-hop and the culture that like it just is everywhere so it's really hard to judge any of that uh i knew i know we kind of pulled away from from this but like i said we're gonna be touching this topic a lot uh but i do want to go back to the main point kodak black is ridiculous yes he's a ridiculous person and he's gonna continue to do stuff like this and eventually he's either going to go to jail for something or he's going to be shot by someone who's like stop stop it you know what I mean? So I I I think that I, we're we're not done with this Kodak Black story. I mean, we're done talking about him because the idea that like we waste too much time on him. But 
But he's going to do something in the future. We know he is because he's creating these stories and he's making this and he's putting it. And the fact you can go online and put up a video of you and have a bunch of people see it. Now that goes viral. Like you can just create whatever new stories you want to if you have that following. So, you know what I mean? Like he's not stopping. I just can't wrap my head around the fact that he's, whether the story is true or not, he is admitting to attempted murder on Sticky Fingers. He said he tried to shoot him with a fake gun. Uh, Moving on from fake guns to real guns into the movie segment, James Gunn is back. He was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because of some ill-advised tweets about, I believe, pedophilia and touching kids. Maybe some pedophile jokes. Made some pedophile jokes. Made some pedophile jokes. Uh, Mike Savernovich, I'm not sure his name. He's an alt-right Twitter guy. Uh... I guess he was going around. He like pulled up the tweets, was like, Disney, this is your guy. And Disney felt they had no choice but to let him go, which sparked a huge backlash uh, from fans, but also the Guardians of the Galaxy cast and crew. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, your boy Batista Mm -hmm. even said, if he's if James Gunn is not directing, I'm not doing Guardians contract be damned. I'm not doing it. So. Disney announced this week that they are hiring James Gunn back. He is going to be director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And Lonnie, your take on this? My take on this is the take I have on pretty much anything. Money is always in power. Money is in control. And if anyone has anything to say otherwise, I'm like, I'll show you a situation where something didn't happen and money was involved and it happened because of that. Because Disney has realized that the amount of money that they're making off of this whole franchise to have it be put to a halt and have to recast people like you're not recasting these people. These these are who these people are. If somehow they die, then you have to recast them or rewrite a story. But you're not doing that. And to have all these people back out, they force their hand. It's the same situation when um, Gal Gadot, Gadot, whatever you want to say to her, when she said, if um who am I talking about that was director with working with Wonder Woman? Uh, is it Brett Ratner? Brett Ratner. She's like, if Brett Ratner's attached to this project, I won't be. And I'm Wonder Woman, yo. So, like, if she says she's out, they're like, yo, you got to go. You're out. So, the money is why. It's not because they're, like, someone reviewed these tweets and, like, went to, like, James Gunn um, Moral Compass and said, oh, you actually are a good dude. You made some jokes that were ill-advised. You know, we've reviewed this. It had nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that it's making a lot of money. And they know that. And they can't lose this amount of money that's coming in. So, you know what? I mean, I'm happy he's back because, like, the thing is, I, I read some of the jokes and whatever. And, like, you know, people tell jokes sometimes. It's what happens. And sometimes they're about uncomfortable situations. And sometimes people get really offended by it. And, you know what? I mean, that's what happens. That's what people get offended about stuff all the time. You can't make a joke about this. It was like, you know what, though? Sometimes you have to make jokes about stuff because you have to make light of it. And comedians right now are living off the fact that Donald Trump's president and it like every other day, some dude comes out with some kind of sexual assault thing. Like they, you know, this is what this is, what has always has been throughout the time of comedians and stuff like this. This is what they do. If come, it comes out later on, it's like James Gunn's a pedophile. Then, okay. Sorry. We're all wrong. And uh, Disney, you screwed up. I hired him again. Yeah. But you know what? And we screwed up for, and we screwed him up my hand. Support, and bring him back. But you know what though? I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Look, last night hanging out in this bar, uh, PYT, Michael Jackson comes on, right? And like, one of my friends is like, okay, listen to this. Another one of my friends, she's like, oh, I'm torn about this. And I was like, artists, and Pete Davidson said this on SNL, 
And I, I'm referencing this because he made a good point. He was like, artists, some of the best artists are the sickest human beings that have done some crazy stuff. He's like, but you know, if you're going to, if you're going to listen to these people, then you're going to have to like, you know, he's like, you either admit that you know what they did and you're still going to listen to this because you say you're doing a separation to this. He's like, but if you, he's like, if you uh, end up having to uh, like listen to this, he's talking about R. Kelly. He's like, so if you listen to R. Kelly, I'm going to donate money for every time I listen to R. Kelly song. And so basically being like, I'm going to donate to like a woman's, um, woman's organization. So let's just acknowledge that we know some of these people have done bad stuff, but they still make good things, good content. You know what I mean? The entire time the college show was on, he was doing some creepy ass things. Was the college show still great? Yeah. Is it hard for me to watch now? Yes. Mostly because it's not on TV. So <laughs> I, you know. I think for me, it's, it's, there's a line between joking and doing stuff. Yes. Uh, obviously, if you're not a comedian, I feel like you probably have like less leeway if you're a politician and you make a joke and it's like, oh, you're representing us. It is what it is. Uh, I know the guy who uh, outed him has also like made some like rape jokes and like made some questionable tweets that it's like, all right, maybe you're the last guy to call him out on this. Uh, I don't know much about this dude, but his name's Shane Dawson. He's a YouTube guy and apparently he's in trouble because he said, uh old audio of him uh please excuse my language uh, apparently he dry humped his cat when he was 19 and then like finished on the cat uh and then he's saying like he was just saying it to be shocking and joking but people were really upset about it uh, i'm more upset that this dude shane dawson has said the n-word on his videos done blackface like that's more upsetting than him joking about now, if he actually did that to the cat, then yes, that is a problem. But then, in, in terms of just saying, like, Howard Stern made, has made a career out of being, like, a shock jock and yeah. saying, like, crazy stuff. So when, if you're just saying things as opposed to doing them, like you said, if it turns out James Gunn is doing these things, then get him the hell out of here. But in terms of jokes, I, I don't know. What do you think, Patrick? Uh, you know what, so crazy about uh, this entire thing is that I feel sorry for the DC fans. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because uh, I know, Vince, I know we spoke about this before. You actually, you like Suicide Squad, right? No, I did not like Suicide Squad. I like Batman versus Superman, and I like Justice League. Okay, and, and, well, and Man uh, of Steel. Exactly. I think Suicide Squad is the only one I did not like. Hmm. Okay. okay, well, me, personally, I hated Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. So, so now, Guns was uh, like attached to direct Suicide Squad too, and I know a lot of DC fans were happy about it. You know, so now that uh, he's back uh, to directing uh, Guardians Three, now the question now is: Is he gonna half-ass uh, Suicide Squad too? Because you know, it was one of those things where Disney was his old girlfriend. And then he got the new girlfriend, which is the Suicide Squad. Now that his old girlfriend wants him back, is he gonna? How's he gonna treat the new girlfriend? You know what I'm saying? So again, uh, I was hoping for a, a good Suicide Squad two. Now Suicide Squad two is the new girlfriend. I'm afraid it's gonna get dumped and left behind. But like, so let's look at it this way. Uh, you said you hated Suicide Squad, right? So yes. Isn't a half-assed James Gunn job still way better than a 
Original suicide. <laughs> no, I absolutely like him, so. him, him doing a half-ass job where he's only there part time and he's like seeing her on the weekend. <laughs> She's like, I still see him, and the other person like they saw me, but they beat me a lot. <laughs> so it's like, it's like so this is an improvement, okay? So you know, um, I, I I think he's still going to do a good job on both. I think that like Disney has realized, you know, that they that again money is going to be the controlling factor of this. It usually is. But another part I wanted to point out was that, like, this happens in all sorts of happens with politicians. The whole thing about the Virginia Pete Irvin coming out being like, hey, who 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 had blackface on? Who in Virginia politics had blackface in college? Who wore? Everyone's like, I did it too. I did it too. I did it too. <laughs> but then you look at some of them. There was a picture, a couple of like, you know, baseball prospects came out and they had said some stuff or said some racist things here and there or did this thing. And, you know, people do stuff. Everybody probably does something along the way. And this is part of the whole thing that we have as an issue in our country is that people aren't, they're so trying to have this perfect face and perfect whatever. And they, in behind the scenes, they're doing stuff where you're like, yo, you're in the wrong, bro. But because they feel such guilt to be able to come out and just be who they are, this is why you have the gay politician who's going against like, um, who has something where he's like denying that he's gay. Later on, you found out who he was. He's also pushing legislation to be like uh, not helping the gays out. I'm like, it's just a revolving door of people lying about what's really going on. So I'm like, everyone has his stuff. People need to look at it from a different lens sometimes and just kind of like understand what is, like you said, that line. What is too much and what is not too much? Because people are mad at this dude dry humping his cat, but you're talking about he's using the N-word and wearing blackface. For me... I don't care about the cat. That's a joke or whatever it was. It's weird. I'm bothered by the fact that you're wearing blackface and you said the N-word, right? But we decided to focus on what we want to focus on. So, I mean, I'm glad he's back. Uh, I think they need him for this franchise. So, you know. Yeah. Patrick? Uh, question real quick for the both of you guys. This is kind of like unrelated slash related. If you had a choice to be caught uh, watching like the Cosby show or listening to R. Kelly song. Which one would you rather be caught doing? I'll be honest. I don't care if you catch me doing either. Like I will. I will watch. <laughs> I will watch. I will watch episodes of The Cosby and bump Twelve Play during the commercial breaks. I don't condone any of the things that they have done or allegedly done. But I mean, one Cos different with Cosby Show. So I guess if I had to answer your question. I would feel less guilty watching the Cosby show because there were so many other moving parts to the Cosby show. Yes, it was his show and he he ran everything, but it was also Felicia Rashad. It was also Tempest Bledsoe. It was also Malcolm Jamal Warner. It, it was a bunch of other people that I don't want to, I feel guilty taking money out of their pockets if I'm like, I'm going to just boycott the Cosby show in general. Where it's R. Kelly, it's like, all right, most of that's going to him, but either way, a lot of the separation between artists and art. I'm. I probably would be a little more ashamed listening to R. Kelly, but I, I would still do it. Or a Cosby Show, if it was on, I would still watch it. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I want to like go to like the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and like screen episodes of the Cosby Show with like uh, R. Kelly blasts in the background with like a Michael, Michael Jackson intro. You know what I mean? Like I'm like. Because for me, I, I'm like, people who get mad at this, first of all, uh, the people who get mad at this, I hate to bring things to race, but also, it's what I see. So, people look at this and they're like, oh, this is messed up. Can you believe what R. Kelly did? Yeah, I can believe what R. Kelly did. I can believe what Harvey Weinstein did. 
I can believe what Woody Allen did. I can believe what who's the dude from Pixar. I can believe what he did. John Lasseter. John Lasseter. So these people did stuff. You're not going to watch any more Pixar movies. You're not watching Up. You're not watching Toy Story. Any of the movies that he's attached to, you're not going to watch that anymore, right? No, you still are watching this stuff. But R. Kelly, you're like, oh, it's so much worse what he did. Who's the judge of what's worse? Like, I get what, what R. Kelly did. And I know the extent of how this is and the people and the lives he's ruined. But you're acting like Harvey Weinstein didn't ruin people's lives in Hollywood for years and years. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, everyone's doing stuff that's bad. We have to either, we're going to separate art from the person or we're not. And if we're not, everyone better throw out a lot of DVDs. They better stop watching stuff. If your kid's like, mom, can we watch up? No, we can never watch that again. That's a bad man. Tell your kid this, right? But if you're not going to do that, then you're going to have to separate this, all right? So I'm cool watching both. And like you said, if I had to choose one, I'd probably say I watch the Cosby show because they get the residuals and, you know, everyone on the show wasn't involved. But you know what? What about 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 you, Patrick? What would you rather be caught doing? Well, uh, funny story is uh, I was walking home the other day uh, listening to my my iTunes playlist, you know, and then R. Kelly popped on. You know, uh, I believe I could fly popped on. You know, as I, you know, I had it all on speaker. (laughs) I'm walking. (laughs) I'm walking home. I saw this lady... uh, you know, she's like kind of like a few feet away from me, kind of like walking the the other direction. So I'm walking towards her, and um, I believe I can fly this plane. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I felt so uncomfortable like ha- having that plane <laughs> while uh, approaching the lady. And mom, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, should I turn this off? And then so I kept on walking. I didn't turn it off. I don't know if she heard it playing. I mean, that, <laughs> that was the first time I felt so. So weird uh, playing R. Kelly like that. And, you know, I, I wonder, I mean, if that's going to be like that just going forward. And so if I had a choice, honestly, I probably, I don't know. Honestly, I probably just watched the Cosby show, but at the same time, that 12 play, such a classic. I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, he's got so many great songs. R. Kelly, Patrick, I'm not sure if you remember this or not. Uh, I know Lonnie definitely does. Oh, and, a lot, and a lot of, oh. uh, a lot of anyone who's ever called me and left me a voicemail in the last 15 years is aware of this. My voicemail used to be the Ignition remix. And it was like, I wrote my own lyrics to it to sort of be like, I can't answer the phone, please answer the tone, like stuff like that. And (laughs) and, and out of laziness, but also feeling that I peaked creatively, I hadn't changed the voice message until very recently. I have known about R. Kelly and the allegations for a very long time, still listened to his music, still had that voicemail. But then when the documentary dropped, I changed it. I was like, all right, this is, this is, I, 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 I probably shouldn't have this up anymore. There's just too much heat on the man right now. Um, I personally am happy that R. Kelly did all this stuff. And this documentary came out just so you could change your voicemail. But it's but it's now it's just simple. Like it's just like that automated. Like please leave a message. So well, it's way I, less I, I, sexually I, aggressive. <laughs> uh, if you say so. But <laughs> but so back to the point you were making uh, originally about James Gunn being rehired, and you said, "What what was your quote about money?" It was money's just the root of everything. And I mean, once you get to the bottom line of it, that's the reason why James Gunn's back. Because you have actors who are going to back out. You know, money is the root of everything. If it hurts someone's pocket, they'll be like, they'll read. We've seen NFL players who have done stuff and they get back on teams. 
we act like we care. I mean, the reality is people are like, look, the money's too great. And sometimes it's not. When you Aaron Hernandez somebody, they're like, okay, we can't get over this one. But most times they get over that thing. So it's like, you know what? I'm, it's the money thing, man. That's why James Gunn's back. And, and, and you know what? Good. So the reason I asked you about money is because the big news story just sort of across the board this past week was Operation Varsity Blues. Which this, this week and white people did what? <laughs> uh, Felicity Huffman. Uh, Lori Lachlan, a.k.a. Aunt Becky from Full House, mm-hmm. were among many uh, caught up in this FBI sting in which they were paying money. They were they were bribing schools. They were fixing for their for their kids to get into a, like U- a USC, thing. Yale. Uh, they were trying to get their SAT scores up. Putting uh, them on the fake crew team, yeah. I mean, the real crew team, as a person who actually is not even knowing it. Yeah, they like did like photo shoots, so they got cracked down. They were arrested. Uh, Lori Lachlan, I know, was out on like a million dollars bail. They were saying Felicity Huffman. Yeah, were dr- drums, guns were drawn. Like the FBI came. Um, but Lori Lachlan has been – I don't know if Felicity Huffman has been getting a lot of backlash for this, but Lori Lachlan has been involved with a lot of – Hallmark channel TV shows and movies. She's been kind of a staple for them the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And also she's been a recurring character on Fuller House as Aunt Becky. And they have all said, no, thank you. Time to hit the road. Uh, and then her daughter, who I kind of feel bad about in this whole situation, uh, just because I'm sure she knew what was going on. But at the same time, she has gone on record saying she didn't even want to go to college. She just wanted to take her YouTube vlog and and build off that. And her parents were very strongly, you need to go to college. So they kind of forced college on her. And she lost her Sephora deal. And But yeah, Lori Lachlan is no longer going to be on Fuller House, which isn't that big a deal apparently because she was just a recurring character, yeah. even though she was a big part of the original. But she was a part of some Hallmark, TV shows and movies, like some like Christmas movies that come on every year. And now she's not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Like for me, and I said this uh, when this first came out and I want to say I was half joking, but I don't think I was. If what is this all worth it for? What does this country come to that if you can't become a rich white person that can use their power and money to get your child into whatever situation you want them to be. If we can't have like <laughs> nepotism, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like well, look, Donald Trump, like what are we doing? Look, these white people have worked hard for a long time to get their kids where they can lie and cheat to get into different colleges. And if they can't do this, then what is this all about, right? I, it was, we just, I thought it was sort of, an agreement we all know this was going on. Yeah. And people like act like this is not happening or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? So what? I get it. But your system's already flawed because it's got this far. And then this is not the first time something like this has happened. It's not going to be the last time something like this has happened too. And I'm not trying to play a negative card about this. I'm just saying that some people call out what they want to call out. Some people are not realistic about other situations. The thing that bothers me about this, is I talked to someone about this recently, the thing that really bothers me about this is the idea that like, if you're taking a spot 
from someone else who could have what you have, who trying to work too hard to get to college, have to take out loans, work in several jobs to be at USC, to do all these things, to try to make it there. And they're not, not able to do that because of something that you've taken and you've taken for granted. Then I have a problem with that because there might be people out there who do want to go to college and do want to do this. But you know what? This is what happens. And this is kind of that process where I'm like, you know what? Um, I joke about it, but really, like, this is what our country is built upon. Look at the person who's in charge right now. Look at his kids. Look at, you know, well, not the the ugly one, but the, the, the cute one. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, this happens. Uh, I was, I was kind of wondering why William H. Macy wasn't involved in any of this. He's, he's listed as i forget what he's listed as a witness or like spouse or something yeah. he's not really I'm like I mean, what, that, that to me seems a little bit shady right there like why i mean i don't know but how do you not know that your wife is doing all this then maybe it, maybe it's the hollywood relationship maybe they don't interact all the time maybe they she's she's like hey take care of the kids I, i'm getting the girls in school you know maybe that's what happens yeah. i don't know but it does seem a little bit like weird to me and I know there's also a thing with Joe Montana too where he was like what's going on with Joe Montana so it was maybe these two things are unrelated but they were like Something about Joe Montana's kids getting to school, and he said, um, "Well, my and then he was saying he's like my kids got into school with hard work and their own merit, you know, basically being like I'm not involved in any part of this." But this is coming out, and it's a lot of rich people whose kids are all over here, and this is something where I almost feel like the people were like, "You know what? We know this has been going on for a while, but." Maybe we should find that thing we've been talking about and stop this because I guess we have to. I mean, it's been done a lot. Like a lot of like rich people will donate, like build a new auditorium or like – do- and, and, and like And there's legacies too. Like my dad went to University of Virginia. He was an All-American uh, goalie for lacrosse way back in the day. And he basically said to my sister and I when we were younger, if you guys get your – if you get good enough grades and good enough SAT scores – and do all the prerequisites to get into college, uh, you have a good chance of getting into Virginia just because I went there and it's a legacy. Now, I knew Jim Eustace was shady, yeah. but I didn't know to what extent. No, he, but, he, but he didn't alter my SAT scores or anything like that, clearly, because I scored so low <laughs> that I barely got into Towson, which is a fine hey. school, fine school, especially now. I couldn't get into Towson now. No, not at all. But, but, that's, but the, that system's always been in place. Like, yeah. if, if my dad went to Harvard... And I wanted to go to Harvard. Yeah. There's a very strong chance I could have gotten into Harvard yeah. and beaten some people who were probably better suited for Harvard. This is what I'm saying. Like, what have everyone? What have? What has your family worked for and built this legacy up if not to help your kids? I joked about it, but the reality is, yes, you're trying to make things easier for your kids. The ethics and morality is what is in question, and that's where you're like, hmm, the way you went about it. Maybe not the best way. If you got the best tutors and the best, and you really made sure your daughter was prepared for this, you went that route about it. We're like, well, you. She went to all these these SAT prep and tutor classes that my kid couldn't afford, and that's the advantage that your kid was given. Or your kid got to talk to the head dean and have lunch with them, and nothing was exchanged. But now the fact that they know you, they have much over in getting in. Okay, cool. All right. That's where we're like ethically, we're like, okay, we're cool, we're fine with that. But once you start donating money and building a wing, and we see this all the time with boosters, it's like this happens all the time. Like they were talking on um, inside the NBA, like how did everybody get into college? And then uh, Shaq said his scores, like, you know, he's, I did the whole, like, uh, uh, he called it the multiple choice method. He was like, what? He, he was like, well, I go, it was like, C, C, D, 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 A, A, B, C, D, D, like taking his test. He's yeah. like, because he basically was like, I knew I was getting to college. Charles <laughs> Barkley said this. He's like, he's like, 
oh, I, I was going to go to whatever college I wanted. He's like, he's like I, got, I was having 20 and 10 in, the, in high school, 20 and 10 rebounds. He's like, I, I had no problem getting to school. Kenny was like, he's like, I was an athletic All-American and a, a model student. I won student athlete of the year. So he was the one person who was like, I got in because I was a good athlete and my merit. Shaq and Charles basically said they were going to go to school no matter what. So what does that mean to you? And they blatantly said this stuff because they know, what are you going to do? You can't get in trouble like this for now. They can't get in trouble for it. See what I'm saying? This happens. This happens to other, it happens all across the board where people get into things and it shouldn't be in because of boosters, money. They offer something. We see it all the time. I would like to propose something to both of you. Uh, Felicity Huffman, maybe. Definitely Lori Loughlin, Jesse Smollett. We should invite onto the podcast mm-hmm. because Hollywood is not messy. Like they're, they're a cold right now. No one wants anything to do with them. Jesse was like, their phone stopped ringing. I think we got a shot. I think we could bring them on. Oh and yeah. Maybe even, even if it's just like, like a fluff piece, just be like, Hey, so uh, tell us about working on empire or push John Samos. Like we don't have to dig into the like nitty gritty. Yeah. Like we already know everyone knows. What do story. you want to talk about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, just bring them into a nice, nurturing, comforting environment. I think we should just make ourselves the show that brings on people who have recently been accused of things that are horrible, and take a positive spin. <laughs> yeah, and be like, you know what though? They have two dogs. Their yeah. dogs are fed fed well. Yeah, they have a lovely home. They pay their gardener regularly. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? well, Lori Lachlan, talented actress, still looks great for her age. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is looking out for her kids' best interests. I have no problem with yeah, her. Let's, 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 yeah. So are we going to be the Johnny Cockman of podcasts? Basically, if you're guilty, you go get Johnny Cockman. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. No, more of the uh, um, uh, Childs. Uh, what am I talking about from um, Seinfeld? Jackie Childs. We're more the Jackie Childs. <laughs> we're the Jackie Childs. We're the caricature. Yeah, the of caricature Johnny of Johnny Cochran. Yeah, we're not. We're not Johnny Cochran. The, the, he did all the cartoonish like aspects of Johnny yeah, Cochran. Yeah, that's who we are. We're Blown the Jackie up. Childs of the podcast yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, that's more of where we're at. But uh, yeah, I mean, they got a lot to deal with. Um, it's kind of funny to me to see people like this and see these things. These high these high uh, price things where like people who have taken advantage of the system when things come down on them, part of me is like, you know what? Clap, deserve it. You know what I mean? But I'm always like, there's always going to be another person doing it. And it's always going to happen again. I think the fact that what's going on with our current presidency, no, I don't want to go too much on that, but like has made people be like, Hey, we can't get you right now, but we're going to get every single other person who's doing something they shouldn't be doing. So part of me is like, I want to clap for that. Because this thing should be taken care of in schools and all this stuff. And all these people who were involved in it that have done things wrong, they shouldn't be in these positions of power. They shouldn't be able to judge who gets in and out of a a school based upon what you paid them and all this stuff. It's just, you know what I mean? we got to have some kind of system of ethics. We have to get back to a system of ethics in that country. So So that wraps up the news portion. On to the song of the week. Uh, Song of the week this week is Bishop. By King Crooked. I call a hot of the fans are gonna cheer, but the casual fans just want the album of the year. And the purists only want an album with premiere. Meanwhile, I uh I've been finding hard I've been finding a hard time finding song of the weeks. Uh and so I forget if I mentioned the podcast last week. Uh there might be some weeks where we don't do it just because there just isn't anything that moves me. But I again, this was a last second yeah. find. Um the song, it, it takes the beat, kind of flips the beat uh, from Ice Cube's A Bird in the Hand off his Death Certificate album. 
And which is cool because the very first few lines, he actually ties in some clever references to death certificate and King Crooked just raps. That's what he's known for. Is he he, rapping? rapping? No, he's rapping. rapping. He's rapping. rapping, And I say that uh, as a good thing. He obviously just writes the beat very well. He's just uh, braggadocious types rhymes. And I was definitely feeling it the entire time. So, and again, it's one of those things that, it's a throwback to early 90s hip-hop because it's got that Ice Cube connection to it. And so I, I strongly suggest everyone, especially sort of people who are more onto the newer stuff, just check this out. I know it's rapidly rap, and that's maybe not what some people like. Yeah, but that's what they need to hear a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and King that. Crooked, he's, he just always delivers. And this, I'll, I'll pose this out as an idea, like on air to you guys. So, you know, obviously we wanted to find songs this week, things that are out now, things are like, hey, check this out, maybe you haven't heard it. But I feel like it is important for us to maybe make one of those songs of the week something that is old school, that that, that does throw back, hey, this, this is a classic from yada, 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 that maybe more obscure we know about it but it hasn't hit mainstream and and reason why it has merit because like part of this is like the idea that you know we we know where what genre of hip-hop we usually fall in but like as we said earlier in the show the younger generation we want to help them listen to things they wouldn't normally hear but we should also too in that regard put on things that necessarily we wouldn't you know normally listen to this being of course that we actually like it and we're not like annoyed by it because the thing about it is, this is our show, so at certain point in times, we're not going to put stuff on. If you have a Kodak Black song on this show at any point in time, if we ever recommend one of those, he better be in the verse with Andre 3000 and like Eminem. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has to be that situation. But I do like the idea of us, like, spreading it out, maybe throwing back some of the old school stuff. And I know we talked about this, too, as far as the movie review things go. You know, we might have a couple of days where, you know, Vince and I were just watching some Crush Groove. You know, maybe maybe do a movie review of something that's classic because hip hop is is just a long spanning uh, genre that's covered, uh, you know, many different decades. And, and it's important to highlight that because, you know, part of this show is about us enjoying it and talking about what entertains us and what we like. But a part of it also is a little bit like education about like us learning, people learning, trying to get more of like. You know what hip hop culture is really about, not just the fashion things right now and the mainstream media stuff. So you know, I think it's a good idea. Uh, definitely would not mind like like from time to time doing stuff like that and touching on stuff from the past. Yes, yeah. uh, which is why we also do this week in hip hop history. This week in hip hop history. It's a song I've been working on. I don't know if that's no, you know what I I know that's that, that's a banger. That's, uh, uh, we're just, I'm still working on it, but it can only get better. Uh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, so this week in hip hop history, starting on March 12th, a lot of big things happen. Uh, Run DMC released the single "It's Like That" slash Sucker MCs in 1983. The movie CB4 was released in 1993. Yo, let's be gangster rappers. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, some sad hip hop history. Craig Mack, Flavor in Your Ear MC, one of the first uh, rappers on Bad Boy Records, died at age 47 in 2018. It's, I just realized this is kind of weird that like the two big Bad Boy rappers I mean, obviously years in between, mm-hmm. but like in terms of around the same time in March. Yeah, kicking new flavor in heaven. Yes, rest now. in peace, Craig Mack. This is a big one. Uh, on March 12th, 
2007, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five became the first hip-hop act inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And uh, and uh, it was uh, 2007, right? Yes, 2007. And the thing is, that, you know, they brought a little bit of flack from some people, and I'm like, yo, let's not do that. Let's yeah. just honor what's going on right no now. No one cares what you think, Gene Simmons. Yeah, uh, March 13th, Common, uh, the second best rapper named Lonnie. Uh, was born in 1972. Are you saying that I'm the first? I am saying okay, that. Good. Yeah. You heard it here first, Common. Yes. I got the same name. I pissed next to you once in Lucky Strike. And I don't act like you don't remember that because I remember it every single day. Uh, March 14th, uh, Cool G Rap and DJ Polo released their debut album, Road to Riches, in 1989. Uh, I, I love Cool G Rap. Mm, yeah. I, if someone says Cool G Rap is in their top 10, automatic respect for me. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, also, March 14th, 1995, Tupac released his third studio album, Me Against the World, while in prison. Wow, man. Uh, That's, that was a big one for him, I too. know. So long ago. It's crazy. Think about that now. Uh, March 15th, uh, some people, I feel you should know this name, but a lot of newer people probably don't. Uh, John, Mr. Magic uh, Revis was born in 1956. He uh, started the first ever... Uh, rap radio show, uh, name dropped in Juicy. Uh, rap Attack was his show. Uh, so he, he was a huge, huge part of hip hop history. Uh, unfortunately, also another RIP, Nate Dogg. A- ain't a hit unless Nate Dogg singing on it. Uh, passed away in 2011. I read recently he's going to be uh, featured on the uh, Anson Pac album, like as actually, you know, his lyrics and some of his, his previously recorded music. And I'm just really excited to be able to hear that, um, that album when it comes out. Cause I, man, Nate Dogg, I love Nate Dogg. I only, I think Nate Dogg for me is kind of that weird slick Rick thing where somehow I feel that they're underrated and they were like great. Yeah. Everything all the time. Uh, March 16th, Flavor Flav, Flavor Flav, a public enemy was born in 1959. Flavor Flav. Uh, March 17th, uh, Sean Price was born in 1972, and also this was a very seminal moment in my life in terms of hip-hop. Uh, Crisscross released their debut album, Totally Crossed Out, in Amazing. 1992. Amazing, man. Like, honestly, they were one of the first... My early hip-hop collection was not the strongest. A lot of MC Hammer, Shaquille O'Neal, and Crisscross. Yeah, no problem with any but, of that, man. I mean, I was a little kid, and that's what I liked, and no shame in it. No, man, and also, too, like, wearing your clothes backwards, and the whole Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes thing, that, man, that was just like a, just a dope time of, like, what the hell are we doing? But you know what? It was <laughs> Making like, it cool. more difficult for us to use the urinals. That was the fun hip-hop side of things that I think sometimes we are lacking right now. You know what I'm talking about? Plus, but, Ryan Turner and I will still do Jump at Karaoke oh, from man, time to yeah. time. It's great, dude. It's a great song. But, uh, yeah, so that's our, our history uh, recap. And uh, hopefully that inspires people to, like, check out some of this music. And if you're not familiar with it, get familiar. Yes. Um, yeah, specifically, Cool G Rap. Yes. And absolutely. Mr. Magic. Look into them. They were they're very good. And Crisscross. Just listen to Crisscross again. I, I was listening to them on Spotify, and some of the songs aren't great, but some of them are great. Yeah, and then I guess you know we've all said it. If you still want to listen to R. Kelly, you know maybe you can still do that. You know, just, we'll leave just don't you. put it on speakerphone. Or if if you do if you do that, do it with confidence. There was some politician recently who I saw was getting flack for he was at a black church trying to appeal to the black voters and they were singing i believe i can fly in church and they're flapping ah, their arms yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was getting a lot of flack for it and i was thinking to myself why like if he was just sitting there not doing it 
then you've been like, oh, he's being a curmudgeon and not partaking in like their culture of like singing during church. So I feel like it's just one of those things where. Also, let's look at like, I believe I can fly or age ain't nothing but a number. Right. Which one's more troublesome? I believe I can fly. Yeah. Patrick, there is no shame in blasting. I believe I can fly. Like, it's an inspirational song. Exactly. It's from a great soundtrack, from a great movie. What's the one, uh, Hands of Time, we're like, if I could turn, turn back. That song, yeah. when I hear it, I'm like, it, it reminds me of so many great things, but also the idea of like how you could change things. Like yeah. That. Anyway, whatever. You know, we've gone too much into that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so that. So, so yeah. to recap, uh, next week, on. Are we gonna try to get uh, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby? <laughs> I think Cosby's detained. Harvey uh, uh, Weinstein on the show. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. we'll send out some feelers. We'll, we'll see. Probably feelers is probably the wrong term to use with the people you just yeah. named. Uh, but we will. Write some emails yeah. and try. Get us some Twitter yeah. feeds, DM some people and be like, hey, man, we know things are tough right now. And we're about to make them a lot easier by having you as a guest on our show. Yeah, throw out the fishing line and see if we get a bite. Yeah. That's I'm why it's the real hip hop, because yeah. it's a fishing reel, too. We're keeping things real. So uh, this has been another great show. This is episode number two. Two. We made it number two. Made it they number haven't two. canceled us. They haven't canceled us. Cancel. Cancel culture will not affect us. No, they you can't not. silence us. You cannot silence. We won't be silenced. No. And it, and it was great too to have uh, Patrick on. Man, it was great having you on the show. Uh, and I mean, I'm loving what we're doing here, and I think we're uh, changing the world one episode at a time. Say he hates the world. That's right. So you know, um, we'll be here again next week. And uh, right now, uh, we're out on SoundCloud, but uh, we're gonna be pretty much on every platform as soon as possible. You'll be able to. Open up your podcast app and search for us and find us and tell all your friends and your family and your parents. And if you don't do that, um, pretty sure we'll find out where you live. Yes. Yeah. So. Thanks, thanks to everyone who's been supporting. We'll be posting stuff, liking and listening. We appreciate it. Uh, and we hope to deliver some more content in the future and that will be increasingly better in quality. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to change that song for hip hop history. That was horrible. No, no. I like it. I like it. I don't remember how it went. Uh, I'll listen to it again because we have it saved oh, for posterity. And no, 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 no. We're going to save it. I'm going to rework it. Maybe have some harmonizations in there. It's going to be great. All right. I am Vince Eustace. I'm Lonnie Finley. I'm Patrick. And we will see you next time. Yep. <laughs>